the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. U.S. uh, announcing yesterday it carried out a round of airstrikes against Iranian-backed militia in Iraq and Syria in response to drone attacks by the militia against U.S. personnel and facilities in Iraq. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, what did we do to cause this? How how did we offend you? The Iranians are our friends. We got this nuclear deal we're resuscitating. Gave them a bunch of cash. Yeah, we buy our friendships, yes. Well, sure, especially the lead state sponsor of terror in the world. We just haven't made enough of an overture. The uh, fig leaf not big enough. Is that the problem? Well, let's ask Lieutenant Colonel Jim Carafano, VP of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for International Studies at the Heritage Foundation author of Wiki at War and the uh, recently released Brutal War, Jungle Fighting in Papua New Guinea, 1942. Uh, Jim, what's going on with, you know, a bunch of friends that um, normally get along so famously under surrender Democrats? Yeah, am I sensing a a degree of sarcasm? You you picked up on it? Wow. I know. It was so, so subtle. Very subtle. Um, Here's, look. I mean, here's the problem from day one of the Biden administration, which is really kind of incredible considering they, they, they went through this in the Obama administration and they're literally committing the, the same errors on the ball field, which is you're negotiating a deal with the Iranian regime on the Iranian regime's terms. How is that ever going to end well? And I mean, the Iranians are so disdainful, and this actually is actually makes perfect sense from an Iranian perspective. And you have to understand this: in this part of the world, honor is power. You are respected if you are a powerful person, and if you are not, you are weak and humiliated. So it's important for the Iranians not just to get the Americans back into the deal, but to get the Americans back into the deal in the most humiliating way possible. So it's very clear who is powerful here in the region and who needs to be respected. And so continuing to conduct terrorist attacks against the United States is essential. And, and then for the United States to kind of you know, ping back is meaningless to the Iranians. They could care less if a couple of Iraqi militia get blown away. Mm-hmm. That's irrelevant to them. As long as the United States is obsequiously still trying to do a deal with them, they, they still are in the, in, the, in, the, in the strong side of the power relationship. Now, if the Biden administration had not only done an attack, but then immediately announced they were suspending negotiations with Iran, that would have got the Iranians' attention. But really what we actually are doing, even though we're defending ourselves, you know, ironically, we're acting. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. 
Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We're demonstrating weakness to the Iranians and we're emboldening them. And did we warn people that we are coming to lessen, lessen the number of casualties? I, I, I don't know that. Um, you know, typically we do these things at night when nobody's around in order to avoid civilian casualties. You know, there was a, a famous incident where the uh, Iranians uh, shot down a, a U.S. Um, unmanned drone and, and Trump decided not to retaliate. And, and his argument was, is, look, we're not going to send any message to the Iranians. We're going to bomb something at night. Nobody's going to be there, and they're going to care less about that. Because, if, you know, if I'm going to strike the Iranians, they're, they're going to know it, and they're going to feel it, and it'll be a true instrument of deterrence. Like when they took out Soleimani. Yes. That got their attention. Yeah, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, so nice um, example uh, for in furtherance of distinguishing between the two administrations. Um, continuing on that idea, China... And, and as for Klein, uh, he's one of the uh, deep intellects of the left, as I'm told, uh, over at Vox.com. He recently said in his podcast that um, you uh, of TikTok, you build some of that into TikTok. Uh, they're trying to make you like China more, which maybe is not even the worst thing. We've had propaganda efforts in this country forever trying to make people like America more. Why not use your algorithm on your free video app to serve up things that improve cross-cultural communication? Right, because that's what the Chinese communists are into, just a cross-cultural exchange of ideas. Um, And, boy, that uh, uh, observation from deep thinker Ezra Klein did not uh, hold up too well as of last week when the outlet founded by uh, the heroic Jimmy Lay, uh, Apple Daily, the pro-democracy newspaper in Hong Kong, was forcibly shut down. Um, The... uh, and, and, and frankly, nary a word from the Biden administration about that rather momentous occurrence, given the founders profile in Hong Kong and China over, well, since Tiananmen Square. Um, Biden administration on that event and on China as we stand more generally. Well, the, the, the fact that the Chinese felt so compelled to do this, I think, says something. What are they afraid of? The fact that they have to shut down a tabloid newspaper, well, I, one is I think they're demonstrating their raw, uncontrolled power, and they want people to fear them. But also it demonstrates that they actually fear truth, and and that's that's their weakness and a, a weapon we should use against them. Um, does this administration get it? No, I, I think it actually reflects Ezra's kind of notion, which is we should not try to poke the, the 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 Chinese dragon. The the most telling thing to me is the, when Americans are increasingly upset about the origins of the COVID virus and really want answers. The, the president came out and said a couple of things. He said, well, we will insist, you know, we agree Americans should have answers, blah, blah, blah. 
right, we will insist that the WSO do a thorough investigation, which he knows they will not do. We insist that the Chinese cooperate, which he knows they will not do. And we will review the intelligence that we've collected, which we know will tell us nothing new. The President of the United States basically told Americans he will forcefully look after their interests by doing three things that he absolutely knows won't work. Now, what kind of message do you think the Chinese, and for that matter, the American citizens take away from that? Mm-hmm. Well, sticking on that, and since you mentioned the origins of the virus, a uh, researcher who studies viral evolution at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center in Seattle uh, did a uh, report. It's not peer-reviewed yet, but he suggests that the viruses that caused COVID-19 did not originate at the Wuhan seafood market because of this identification of deleted gene sequences from the right. virus's earliest days. They had been posted to a website run by NIH, but were removed for unknown reasons. Uh, this is consistent with, you know, I mean, Brett Weinstein, even before that, who's an evolutionary biologist, said 95 percent it came from the lab. But this is really something specific. Gene sequences that were identified by this researcher named Jesse Bloom and uh, were removed by NIH for unknown reasons. Maybe there's a legitimate reason, but there certainly is a question that needs to be answered. Well, I, you know, I think this goes back to the whole politicization of the COVID virus and how both the Biden administration uh, and and the mainstream media really weaponized it for a political purpose, which is to fight back against the president. I mean, clearly, Biden and his campaign adapted a narrative on COVID, which was designed for political ends, not to get to the truth of COVID. And he was aided and abetted by the press and and social media, which began excluding, demonizing, and sexually suppressing alternative information. So this really had a chilling effect. And you, and you ask yourself, the kind of research that this person has done, and it has to be verified and all that, but all that probably would have started way earlier if people weren't scared, humiliated, afraid, you know, convinced that there was nothing worth looking into. This is, this is, this is what's, uh, uh, you know, a reminder of why freedom of expression and freedom of the press and freedom of thought and inquiry is so important because the suppressing of debate uh, and search and, and, uh, and, and, and controversy inhibits the, the gaining and knowledge of information. And this is a great ex- example of that. Yeah, but who so, who convinced the mainstream know. media to go along with this? I mean, I was brainwashed too for a while with all story after story of a can't you know a man got it from you know animal right. to human jump. And well, how you know, did they and, get to them to to force that on them. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, that well, you know, and, and, well, well, look. I mean, in fairness, um, you know, zoonotic transmission. Okay, um, uh, human beings getting it from either a wild or domesticated animal is a common method of. Of, of transmission. So it's not an unreasonable conclusion based on the limited information that we had. But there's a difference between saying, well, what's, what's logical based on the limited information we have and what's possible if we actually investigate further. And the problem was is we, we skipped step two because the president, literally because the president of the United States said, this is China's fault. His, opponent, his presidential opponent was committed to saying, no, it's not China's fault. And the press, like little lemmings, 
you know, re- and social media essentially adopted that same mantra. There, look, let's, there's no logical reason why the president should be suspended from social media platforms. There is no logical reason why people should have censored debate about the origins of the virus, which, I mean, you know, I, I could, that's not even medical information in the sense that's going to affect, you know, how people respond individually. Okay. I could, you know, it's not like people were putting out like phony medical treatments or something. Um, and, and those two acts alone were, I think, really, really good examples of, of oppression of free speech and it had a detrimental effect and, and people were actually wrong. And, and it's, look, it's not like, oh, we made a mistake. I mean, I could get that. Oh, we're sorry. Every major attack on the last administration and every major news story where if Trump it thinks it's right, we all know it's wrong, has proven out either completely or largely false. Every one of them, over four years, it's an unbroken record. If you could play like that in the major leagues, you'd be in the World Series. They were wrong every single time. And uh, to me, what the biggest concern here, our, our governments learn nothing. I mean, Biden and Harris go out today and lie to people's faces and continue to do that and, and hope they have an obsequious press that won't push back. And we still have the same behavior from the press. And look, they're still doing things like banning the president from social media outlets, even though all the reasons that they banned him have proven demonstrably false. Last week, uh, you made what I thought was a really strong statement about uh, the senior leadership of the U.S. military, speaking of somebody who served our country for 25 years in the Army, and uh, saying it's, you know, the weakest in memory, has in your memory, has no uh, understanding of the political landscape or ability to operate in the political landscape as it currently exists. Katie McFarland, we had on the show a couple of days later, agreed with you wholeheartedly. And I thought that was a strong statement. And then after Mark Milley, the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff General, Chief, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, testified on the Hill last week, I thought it was an understatement. Uh, <laughs> it after, after Admiral Gilday and General Austin, but uh, Army General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I've read Mao, I've read Karl Marx, I've read Lennon. That doesn't make me a communist in defending his promotion of uh, Henry Rogers, a.k.a. Ibram Kendi. I mean, th- this guy, I-, I know he's got big titles and he's a general and we're supposed to defer to uh, people who have served our country and ascended to such heights. But, I mean, he presented himself as a pseudo-intellectual asshat, as far as I'm concerned, on the Hill and his moral indignation didn't may have fooled members of Congress, but it didn't fool me. And I wanted to get your reaction to him. Well, I mean, that was a completely nonsense statement. I I was, I was taught communism at West Point. I read Karl Manifesto. I taught the Russian revolution and Marx and Lenin at West Point. I taught it in the history department. I taught it because people should understand it. I did not teach it as indoctrination. And he, and he damn well knows that the introduction of books like anti-racism are not meant to understand the culture debate in America today. They're designed as indoctrination to convince people that they are, they are wrong and they need to overturn the political and cultural and social order in America today. He is providing, in his testimony last week, that was very clearly cover for the Biden administration, which has endorsed critical race theory. 
which is in itself a racist theory, which if actually implemented under U.S. law would actually violate civil liberty laws. And, and he knowingly did that. And that is the definition of the wrong action of a senior military leader to provide political cover for a political leader for political purposes. So that was, I think, the confirmation that we have senior military leaders which are literally failing us every day because all they are doing is rather than providing military advice, rather than providing honest, which are actually required under the Constitution, honest answers to members of Congress, they're literally become delivering administration political talking points. The book, Brutal War, Jungle Fighting in Papua New Guinea, 1942, Lieutenant Colonel Jim Carafano. Jim, thanks as always. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. The Wall Street Journal ran an op-ed titled, Why I Stopped Hiring Ivy League Graduates. The author explained how woke Ivy League graduates are troublemakers in the workplace, but conservatives aren't much better. They suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome and have learned either to counterpunch too aggressively or never to say what they're actually thinking. With all the overpriced nonsense the Ivies are force-feeding America's young people, it's fair to ask, how much value are they actually adding? Precious little. Heaven help the Ivy League as more employers reach this conclusion and parents realize it. Then the parents who care about their kids' futures will have a decision to make. Do they want their children well-credentialed or well-educated? The answer is easy, especially because, given their declining standards and the intellectual junk the Ivies are peddling, there's no guarantee that two decades from now, an Ivy League diploma will continue to be the credential it once was. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.